Great. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for uh, attending today. I'm Derek Wood, the Senior uh, Enterprise Software Analyst at Cowan, and very pleased to have uh, David Schmeier, who is President and Chief Product Officer at Salesforce.com. David, thanks for joining today. Hi, Derek. It's great to be here, and thanks to you and your colleagues for inviting me. Um, so I, 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 you know, it, you, you've, you have a lot of history in enterprise software. So, uh, very excited to, to talk to you. And, uh, for those that don't know what, uh, you, you had founded, uh, Velocity and, uh, you know, previously was, was at Siebel and, and, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, core enterprise software companies. So, uh, maybe give a quick background on you. And then, um, I really wanted to dig into a little bit about Velocity because I think a lot of investors maybe didn't know the company too well and um you know I'll, I'll ask some specific questions there but uh just maybe a, a quick background on you sure derek um i've been working in enterprise software for over three decades so i'm dating myself here and uh but out of uh harvard business school and out of engineering school i went to this little software company called oracle in the 80s and there i met uh, mark benioff who i work with at salesforce and i met a guy named tom siebel who i worked with at siebel and uh, I worked there, I've been a product person most of my career, and I helped, uh, I was on the founding exec team at Siebel Systems, so I was the chief product officer there. Then I went on to found a company called Velocity, which we built uh, six industry vertical apps on the Salesforce platform. So out of 5,000 companies, it turned out to be the fastest growing app company ever built on top of Salesforce. I founded it with the Viva Cup, um, uh, founders who are also Oracle and Siebel friends, and uh, is the biggest one ever built on the platform. Uh, and then uh, this is actually the one-year anniversary today of uh, Velocity being acquired by Salesforce. So in honor of that, I wear my uh, Velocity official uh, sweatshirt, and uh, as you, you do in tech. But it was a great acquisition. Uh, Velocity is now part of Salesforce Industries, which is a rapidly growing part of our strategy in our business. And um, uh, now I'm working as chief product officer at Salesforce across our entire portfolio. So great to be here. That's a great overview. And I'm curious on Velocity, you guys picked that you said six core verticals. Why did you pick those verticals? And can you describe a little bit about the breadth of the platform? What, you know, what applications you really were able to serve in those verticals? Sure. Yeah, Derek, first of all, we knew that customers really want industry applications. Industry applications give you faster time to value. And they're also very sticky because they're much more mission critical because they go beyond the front office into the mid office or sometimes into the back office. And then in my prior experience, I had verticalized the front office and mid office before at Siebel. So we started out building one, then two then five and eight, and it sounds like science fiction, but if you check the facts, it's actually true that uh, at SIBO, when it was acquired by Oracle in the mid 2000s, we used to ship 24 verticals in 20 languages on the same day. So I learned a lot about what to do and what not to do. And so we saw an opportunity, first the Viva team, and then the Velocity team saw a real opportunity to bring verticals to the cloud. And the cloud is faster and easier and simpler, but the industry cloud, as it's called, I'll say that in quotes, industry specific in the cloud, it's even faster than a generic cloud. So if you're an insurance company and you're CEO of an insurance company, why wouldn't you want the insurance cloud? If you're a telco 
CEO, why wouldn't you want the communications industry or media industry cloud? And so it's just, it's purpose built. It's kind of streamlined to your business. So we think this is, you know, I would call this cloud 2.0. I think this is the future of where the whole industry is going is if you have the choice between industry specific and not, why wouldn't you choose the industry specific version for your business? Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, you, you can address front office, middle office, back office, um, beyond the front office. I mean, what were some of the capabilities in the core platform? I think there's process automation and, you know, order management and, and, and things like that, that are pretty powerful components of a industry platform. But, um, Maybe speak to that and, and, you know, what kind of legacy technologies you were replacing when you, when you look at that middle office arena, I think there's a lot of older technology still there. Um, so if you could kind of speak to the uh, types of uh, displacements and, and vendors you're displacing. Sure. And yeah, let, let me just finalize the second part of your first question, which is why do we pick these industries at Velocity? These were the largest industries from a total addressable market point of view that had what I would call the largest propensity to need industry specific capabilities. So some industries are more nuanced than others. And you might say to me, hey, David, you know, whether I buy life insurance or I buy a sweater at Nordstrom's or I buy the quad play from Verizon, it's kind of all CRM to me. I don't think that's actually true. Like the products are very different. The way they're priced and bundled is very different. The distribution channels and the way you serve those products is very different. Like I'll take, since this is the TMT conference, like in the telecom industry, there's the concept of move ads, changes and disconnects. So I move from this house to that house or I add services or I disconnect services or I change them. So I go from one geolocation to another and you expect all that services just turn on in the new place or if you buy something and i live in apartment 12 when you live in apartment 11 you would assume that when you buy it it turns on where you live not where i live and so that's a very telecom specific uh capability called the premise and so there's a lot of those kind of capabilities and in insurance there's policies and claims and rating and underwriting and so you find there's real nuance uh, uh, health insurance, there's the coverage and the liability um, and uh, going from quote to card where you basically quote insurance and get your insurance card. And so each one of these industries, there's real nuance to it beyond what I would call, you know, you know, standard CRM. And then I think what's really exciting is then it goes to uh, a new place, which is uh, with AI and machine learning and big data. Now that you have more data, like you have the subscriber data or the device data in telecom and media or the streaming data media or all the patient data and the heuristic data in healthcare, you can do very intelligent things. And so this is kind of the next generation. Um, but, but our strategy was very simple at Velocity. We watched um, Viva disrupt all the life sciences players. So we went right at the on-premise players. And we said, what we have is better, it's easier to use, it's faster. And oh, by the way, if you look at the total cost of ownership, it costs less money. And so we did the same thing at Velocity in the, you know, against the incumbents in the telco space or the incumbents in the insurance space. And you know, I think it's getting harder and harder for those companies to sell their on-premise you know, 20 or 30-year-old software. 
And so we were really trying to disrupt the competition and kind of change the game. Got it. Got it. Okay. And how can you um, give us a sense for how that's been folded into the the current operations and go to market of Salesforce? Is that, um, you know, is it part of the broader vertical strategy? Is it operated separately or has there been more integration than, you know, looking at other acquisitions Salesforce has done? Yeah, it's velocity is now an integral part of Salesforce industries. So the way I would describe it is Salesforce industries is not, five it's not eight it's 12 purpose-built industry clouds and everybody may or may not know that so it's gone from a small number to 12 very very quickly and so now and each one of, so financial services healthcare telecom media energy government uh, education nonprofit. um probably one i missed in there but we give you the full list of the 12 uh, but so if you're in one of those verticals, this is the product that we lead with now. And it's a way to take what we call the Salesforce Customer 360, which is across sales, marketing, service, commerce. But now it's all tailored to the way that your business works. And so from a product point of view, it's all in one Salesforce Industries organization. When I came into Salesforce a year ago, um, I worked as the CEO of Salesforce Industries, so I ran that division. And uh, since then, I was promoted uh, at the beginning of this fiscal year to be chief product officer. So the guy who is running this um, uh, organically, Jujar Singh, is now running Salesforce Industries, all the products and all the marketing uh, associated with the products. And then our worldwide field organization under Gavin Patterson is really almost completely verticalized now. So it started seven years ago as you know mostly horizontal and that's got more and more and more verticalized so now we have you know vertical account teams all over the world we have 12 industry cloud products and so when you take industry products with industry teams magic happens i mean the customers really light up because we're speaking their language we have software that's purpose built uh, so I think it's really a, a game changer. And I think it's one of the more important and maybe one of the more underreported strategies that going on at Salesforce. Uh-huh. Okay. Ver- yeah. Verticalizing both from a product and a, and a customer engagement and a channel and up and down the whole go to market model. Um, that's, uh, that's pretty clear and probably speaks to some of the strength you guys are seeing in larger deals. Cause these deals tend to be bigger, stickier, higher retention, um and you know more prone to you know buying more of the portfolio when you lead with industry verticals is that fair way to put it yeah it's a fair way to put it and most of the other players in this market they either have on-premise vertical software or they're trying to get to a generic cloud architecture before they can verticalize that really works well and so there's a um kind of an analyst on the internet he has a a site called bob evans called cloud wars and he recently uh ranked salesforce as number one in the industry cloud category so i think we're literally years ahead yeah um how about from a horizontal perspective i mean mulesoft has been a very critical uh successful acquisition um you know there's other exciting you know customer 360 is a big vision I guess if you if you step back and think of, you know, it's kind of a loaded question, but think of like the vision of five to 10 years from now. It sounds like verticalization 
is certainly a big focus. Any other big visions that you you know highlight here? Sure. Uh, Yulsop was an amazing acquisition. And when at first glance, I think when this started, I'm not sure everybody really understood, well, why would you plug integration into Salesforce? I think now it makes perfect sense. And it's growing. I think Mark and Brett talked about this on the earnings call, that it's growing. That and Tableau are growing faster than Salesforce, the average. And so they've been very successful acquisitions. You know, if you think about what the CIO wants to do, they want to consolidate applications and have an integrated architecture. And so now if the cloud is faster and easier and more agile, you can standardize on Salesforce in your front office and you can integrate it through our API, to the API economy, to anything else that you have in the enterprise. And so, and I, I think it's a big deal because it allows you now um, to, to, um, ideate faster in the front office. And once you put Salesforce in the front and MuleSoft in the middle to integrate with everything else, you can then take the time to consolidate your back office applications. And some of these back office uh, consolidation projects are much lower ROI because you can consolidate back office applications and the customers don't even notice the difference. But when you put in the customer 360, where you have a unified, you know, strategy and vision and architecture so if whether you go to the website or the contact center or talk to a field rep we know who you are we know what you want we know the next three products to propose to you and we can provide you better service and we can automate the order flow that customers notice that difference right and so really i see mule stuff is is integral to like increasing the absorption rate to how we implement the customer 360 into these companies. And it's not just big companies, like that's where we started with MuleSoft. Um, uh, MuleSoft Composer, which is a new product announcement, is really, really cool because it takes the full power of MuleSoft and simplifies it for more business or you know, analyst level people. So there's pre-built connectors and you can plug let's say Salesforce into NetSuite or other kind of like, you know, medium-sized company back office apps that everybody has. And so I think Composer is going to be another like great value proposition. So, you know, I think, you know, our, our biggest play is the customer 360. I think MuleSoft's been a big, big deal. Then maybe I'll talk a little bit about Tableau. You know, Tableau is the number one visualization um, technology out there. And, you know, I think more people visualize like the COVID statistics on a state-by-state basis with Tableau than anything else. So there's a public Tableau dashboard that's free that you can look at that kind of gives you all this information, but it's a really a beautiful visualizer. And if I'm a executive at a company or if I'm a line manager, I really want to see what's going on. Like we're, the world's getting increasingly more and more and more digital. So as I said before, you've got the customer 360 across all these channels. Maybe it's verticalized now. So we actually call that like maybe the industry cloud or industry 360 version of that. Now you've got MuleSoft to plug into all the on-premise old or legacy systems. And now you can put Tableau on top of it to visualize what's going on. And in the sort of the digital world, if you will, that we're in this new work from anywhere digital world, like this conference is still, I think either largely digital or all digital. I mean, someday soon, hopefully that changes, but I think we're never going back to the old ways of working. And so the ability to work anywhere, the ability to integrate and be agile and the ability to visualize what's happening 
this kind of never been important. So there's real synergy between the customer 360, between MuleSoft and between Tableau. Yeah, yeah, those clearly uh, were standouts last quarter. Um, and it, it, with, with Tableau, I mean, that is the idea that, you know, really every employee should have a, a license of Tableau to be able to visualize data throughout the Salesforce platform and throughout other third-party data sets is, I mean, it seems like Tableau is a big leader in the space, but still probably pretty underpenetrated. And you guys have, you know, relationships with a lot of front office people. And so, um, you know, is, is, is the go-to-market strategy really to, you know, kind of, we hear more about, you know, going end to end wall to wall. Um, is that, uh, it seems like we're still probably pretty early, but yeah, there's, that there's a actually, way to characterize it. Motions. No, it's a good question. And I'll talk about the wall to wall motion. There's Tableau is the BI standard, which is their independent motion, which we're still doing a lot of that. So, I mean, there's, you know, just companies wanting to standardize on what's the right BI platform of choice. And I would argue that if you do that analysis, Tableau is, you know, one, you know, one of the best, if not the best. Um, and then uh, the second is with the customer 360 and CRM. So across your sales, marketing, service, commerce operations, there's kind of more nuanced line of business analytical applications. And those two motions can come together. There's a wall-to-wall -wall motion and for the BI standard, and there's the CRM projects and the heads of sales, heads of marketing, heads of service. That can all come together and be one motion. And then I think another thing that's going to help us with this wall-to-wall -wall motion is Slack. And again, you know, everything I say about that is pending that deal closing. So that hasn't closed yet. And so we're going through the regulatory process and, you know, all the standard caveats with that, that, you know, this, anything I say about Slack now is pending that happening. But you could imagine, you know, Slack sells collaboration and what they call the future of work across the entire company. And, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. So now if you have Slack and you have the ability to visualize it with Tableau, that's pretty exciting that like we can go beyond, you know, CRM and truly help every single person in the company. Yeah, um, I think Mark coined, you know, customer 360 is a system of record and, and Slack can be the system of engagement and um, kind of like a, you know, next generation client server 2.0 model. I mean, we know Slack is kind of the, the core of, you know, team collaboration, but what do you guys see as longer term synergies? I mean, they had, you know, workflow automation, they had simple integration. It was a little different than uh, MuleSoft. So when you kind of think about longer term more strategically, what are some of the interesting synergies from the technology out of Slack? Sure. I think if you looked at it at a very surface level, you'd say Slack's a really cool collaboration tool. I think what a lot of people don't really realize is it's a full application development and workflow automation system. And that's when we talk about the future of work, which we think both dimensions are exciting, collaboration and business automation. But we see this as like truly the system of engagement to get work done. Like we all know now in our lives, like what we're doing digitally. And even when we go back to the office, you know, you might imagine, uh, you know, Cyber Week in an e-commerce setting and all the people running Cyber Week, including the customers online, you could all be collaborating through Slack channels. Or you could imagine, you know, today there's 
Slack has something called the app directory. There's a whole series of apps built on top of Slack. Like uh, there's one called Help from Atlassian and it's a trouble ticketing app and it's a full on app, but you use it within Slack. And so you can imagine now if I'm closing a quarter, let's say take the enterprise software business, a lot of the deals come in on the last you know, week of the quarter. Now you're not like calling people or emailing them, but there's what we call deal rooms where the deals are closing in, you know, Slack channels, which are basically virtual rooms where the work gets done. And even when the deal gets closed, like the DocuSign signature and the, you know, virtual champagne gets popped when the deal's done, where everybody handshakes and says, that was great. You know, we all negotiated hard, but we got the deal done. That all happens virtually. I mean, that is truly digital. And so, um, and even like, I'll take it in an industry context, like for all the investment bankers out there, like you could imagine like M&A or IPOs going on in deal rooms for, you know, the legal teams on because Slack has something called Slack Connect, where you can connect to other companies. And that's all happening now in Slack channels or what we might call deal rooms. So we think it has a major, major impact on what we're doing. And then the other thing I would say is I've been working in enterprise software for over 30 years. Everybody wants enterprise software to be more, you know, consumer like they want it to like work like your iPhone or just make it simpler. You know, you could say that about any enterprise software company. I'm not even singling out some of the ones that are particularly, you know, not modern. But uh, this is really a, you know, beautiful and slick user interface to kind of access all your applications. And then the other thing that's really cool is the workflow capability of Slack allows me to go across applications. So it might be I'm using Salesforce and then I, I go into Workday and I go into DocuSign and other apps. So that's, this is what Stuart Butterfield calls the future of work where it's really like we've kind of integrating all the apps into one blended experience. And so I think it's really going to be a game changer. I think it's a big, big deal. Again, subject to a closing, um, but it's, um, uh, no, we're really excited about it. Yeah, that's, that's helpful from a, a vision standpoint. Uh, lots of leverage there. How about on the, um, you know, they had built a, 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 a self-service channel and I, I think that's, maybe an area that Salesforce could lean into and be additive to the go-to-market. Do you see that as something that, you know, you could try to leverage selling some of other Salesforce's products and take that foundation of a self-service, low-touch sales model and push more Salesforce product to? Yeah, again, um, you know, because we're in the regulatory process, we're, you know, we can't talk to them about, you know, different ways we might okay, right. collaborate or sell, but uh, I would just say that if you, you know, select a public company, so they, their self-service channel is very strong. And, you know, we do a lot of work in the SMB space. And so clearly the smaller companies, you know, are very excited about self-serve. And I think even the bigger ones for like add-on, if I want to like add users or if I want to add products, I think increasingly, you know, people want to do that all digitally. And so you, you can do that today with Salesforce, but we have a lot of our own efforts underway to kind of make that easier and simpler and better. And, and speaking of the SMB, um, you know, it was two or three years ago and the essentials uh, product SKU was 
released. And, you know, obviously, I, think, I mean, you guys tailor very well to the enterprise, but I'm sure you want to keep an eye and, and, and I mean, and sell well and invest in down market. So any update um, in terms of what your strategy is in the SMB and around that essentials product portfolio? It's been very successful. And so companies can really get online incredibly quickly with essentials and the things we're doing to make it simpler for small companies, we continue to look at rolling into the entire footprint. Uh, I'll give you a perfect example, like at um, Velocity, we started as a startup and we ran the company on Salesforce. Um, we actually didn't start on essentials, although we could have because we had you know, ambitions to become big fast. And so we used the main enterprise products, Sales Cloud and Service Cloud, and communities. And I mean, it was incredible. We implemented Salesforce in weeks and, you know, we grew from zero to a thousand people in six years. And, you know, every quarter we would just add licenses and it was great as a CEO, you just have variable costs of like, Hey, I just need to add, you know, I've got 10 more salespeople. I just need 10 more licenses and you just add on to it. But it was very simple. It was very easy. And then, you know, we could look at the forecasts every week and I could go from the consolidated forecast all the way down to the deals and post on chatter, you know, hey, what's going on with this customer or, uh, you know, you know, you know, how about this new product launch? And so, um, you know, it was the best CRM deployment I've ever seen. And I've been doing this for 30 years and making CRM software, but it was it couldn't have been easier. So I think that like we, we think that's the future is that, you know, everything is digital. Every company in the world is saying digital transformations never been more important. And so you see that in our Q1 results, right? That, you know, we're either smart or lucky, but we're definitely at the right place at the right time. It's hard to talk about digital transformation and not put being more customer focused in that conversation. I mean, all the digital things people want to do, you know, self, self buy, like we're saying, or self serve or, you know, that's all around the customer, right? So we're really excited about the digital future. We think that the digital transformation really got accelerated three to five years. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, does that mean that there's more legacy technology displacement? Uh, I mean, if you're going to go faster and you're going to accelerate digital, does it have to be, you know, replacing legacy or is there just, is it really about layering new foundations on top? I think with tech, it, the API economy and technologies like MuleSoft, you'll integrate first. And then once you integrate, then you'll start to eat in more and more and more into the legacy. And I think in five to 10 years, I mean, will all this, you know, older software and tech go away? I don't know. Maybe not. If it works and it's sitting in some, you know, some mainframe system and, you know, nobody knows, nobody wants to touch it because it, it sort of still works. And the guy who wrote the software, the gal is like long gone. And so, but I think that's going to go away over time. I mean, I think if you're buying new systems, you're buying cloud native and it's, you're buying digital software. And so there's this logical S curve of replacement here, but in 10 years, I think all the new stuff, maybe even, you know, as soon as three or four years is all going to be cloud native and digital. Oh, Derek, you just muted for some reason. Yeah, sorry. Um, my audio switched here, but 
Uh, I think you can hear me now. So uh, we got a couple minutes left, but uh, I guess maybe how about uh, artificial intelligence and Einstein and, you know, the advancements in AI and ML, how is that weaving through uh, the, the platform or what's the value delivery? Is it, it just becomes integral in terms of part of the whole platform? Um, or uh, how do you really get more AI into the hands of companies? Sure. I mean, Einstein is like amazing. I think we were one of the original enterprise software companies to embed AI into the platform and you can do it in a completely new low code way. So you don't need to be a programmer to apply AI to do intelligent lead routing, to do next best offers. I, during last holiday season, we did approximately 3 trillion Einstein predictions, you know, during the month of December. And so it's really, truly a force to be reckoned with. You know, I think there's a, a big um, um, interplay between that and the new CDP product we launched, which really allows you to integrate data from all these different sources. And now data power our customer 360 for more like real-time CRM and more digital capabilities. And then with industries, all these other objects like policy and claims and insurance or subscribers and devices and networks in the telco and media space or streaming, all that data is now in our data store. And so now you can do really, really smart things. So I'm super excited about the future of Einstein as, as you know, the customer 360 is increasingly data powered through CDP. And I'm super excited about the future of Einstein in industries. We, we take advantage of it already. So Einstein's built into our 12 industry clouds, but we see a huge opportunity to take this, basically double down on, you know, AI plus industries plus data is magic. And, you know, I think that's the future. Yeah. I feel like we could go on and on. The CDP effort is certainly pretty fascinating too. And, uh, um, a lot of uh, emerging technology around that space. But um, that's all the time we have. What's that? Tomorrow's uh, connections. And so stay tuned. You'll see a bunch of announcements around the marketing and commerce products. Okay. We call that our digital 360. And those are some of our fastest growing products. Great. All right, David. We'll appreciate you spending the time today. Very insightful to, to, to share with investors. And thanks, everybody. Thank you, Derek. Really enjoyed it. Okay.